Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we finally have a game we get to talk about. It's been a long time coming, yeah, about, uh, what, eight months since the last time they played, so it's, it's good, finally into it. And the Sun Devils ultimately did what they were supposed to do and blew out NAU 44-13, but that is a very misleading final score. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, 13-6 with, what, uh, less than a minute to go in the third quarter. So it, it was uh, a game up for grabs and a game that probably you could make an argument we should have been behind uh, at the half and even into the third quarter until we finally turned it on. Oh, certainly. ASU started thin on defense, um, found out after the game from the beat reporters that uh, Salamo, Fizo, and Ami Latu were both suspended for the game. Uh, Laiu Mokiola out hurt, which sounds like the story of his career. Unfortunately, yeah. And then in the game, you have Christian Sam hurt on a personal foul penalty, had, was in a walking boot, and then uh, Ball, Marcus Ball gets ejected mm-hmm. for targeting. Yeah. By the end of the game, this defense was looking pretty thin. Yeah, it very much is, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I suppose you can you can spin that into a positive in some ways and say, hey, they they only gave up 13 points with all those personnel deficiencies, and even if all those guys are out there, it's it's a defense that has question marks, and so without all of them, um, you know, the, the bottom line is they they held up to 13 points, they held them out of the end zone for three quarters, um, and it, and you know, it, it could have been worse. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards. Um, didn't force any turnovers. So it was sort of a mixed bag, I would say, defensively. But, you know, the, the most important number is how many points you give up, and they only gave up 13. Uh, you know, it's it's a formula that I'm not sure it's going to work in future games, but it worked in the first game. Well, you actually said exactly what Christian Sam tweeted about, it, uh, presumably about his own injury. He said, <laughs> could have been worse. Yeah, so. exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it. It could have been. I mean, the first, you know, NAU had what I think, uh, you know, three drives that got inside the twenty, and came away with six points on those drives. Um, so I mean, that's that's, it's good if you can do that. If you can be that style of defense, you know. Again, the, I, I say this, but you know, the the only number that really matters is how many points you allow. You can give up eight hundred yards, but if you only give up twenty points, you're probably going to have a chance to win. Um, well, so, uh, you know, in that game, the formula worked. I, I don't know if it will work going forward, but it worked for one game. Everything that I feared about the pass defense for ASU, other than giving up multiple touchdowns, came to fruition. Yeah. So, I mean, Case Cookies looked every bit the part of an, an elite-level Division One AA quarterback. Uh-huh. He was 23-33, 369 yards, and in typical ASU defense fashion from last year, an 80-plus yard touchdown pass. Yeah, he had the one. Um, I mean, you know, now the, the, you know, you hate to say this, but the, the progress is only giving up one of those um, because, you know, last year it seemed like we were giving up three or four, you know, 50-plus yard pass plays a game. Um, you know, and, and I've said this to you, you can, you can live with one um, if, you're, if you're making the disruptive plays that go along with it. And that's, that, to me, is the concern coming out of this game is, we didn't really have any of those. We got the stops inside the 20, but I think one sack, no turnovers, forced one fumble that, that they recovered, 
Um, but that's, you know, that's not a hallmark of this defense. This defense kind of lives off the, you know, high risk, high reward. And it wasn't that way in the first game. Yeah, there was certainly much more vanilla defense than we're used to seeing from a Todd Graham coach team. Yeah. Now, that yeah. a lot of that, it's, you know, might stem from the fact that he was without Mokiola, Latu, right. and Fizo, a, you right. know, a starter I, on each level and a veteran. Which, which I like if that, if that is the case, um, because I think that was a problem last year. You heard that refrain last year of, you know, hey, we've got guys injured and, and we've got guys in there who don't quite know what they're doing, well, you're, but you're still running the same defense, and, and it was leading to those massive holes um, that, that teams exploited against us. And so, you know, if that's an adjustment that they made, that, hey, when we've got personnel out, we need to be a little simpler and just make sure we do the, the simple things, then I'm fine with that adjustment, honestly. I agree. Uh, a couple other quick thoughts I had about the defense at the end of the first half in the 10-3 game NAU throws the near Hail Mary and the ball instead of going down two ASU players collide and bat it (laughs) up which leads to a sprint down the sidelines and Gump Hayes shoving the receiver out at maybe the half yard line maybe a replay would have shown a touchdown (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know I mean I, I like you know I was listening to it on radio and uh, our radio guys, you know, didn't make it seem like it was that close. I mean, they, they certainly said he was, you know, at the one or two, um, but never really let on that it was it was necessary for a replay. Um, and I guess they didn't review it. So, you know, we dodged a bullet there, regardless whether it would have been reviewed or not, um, you know, to give up a play like that. I, I mean, that's, that's another drive. I mean, uh, you know, NAU, uh, you know, now that one is a little unfair to hold it against them because they didn't get to run a play, but... You know, they, they got to the one-yard line twice and, and, you know, came away with three points. That one, they, they end up at the end of the half, and then the other one, they have the, you know, three penalties and five snaps or something like that. So, um, you know, again, this game could have been – could have felt different. I mean, it, we could easily could have been trailing going to the fourth quarter with just, a, you know, a, a yard here or a yard there. Well, it's interesting you brought up the other drive where they made it to the one because one of the reasons they got there was not one but two offsides penalties on Kareem right. Orr, which right. I, it's rare that a corner's offside ever, and to do it twice on a drive is pretty egregious. It's, it's, yeah, it is. and I mean, and really it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of just sheer, you know, not paying attention because corners, I mean, you see it all the time in games, corners and receivers will look to the sideline and look at the official there and ask them whether they're on side. And the official will tell you, yeah, you are, no, you're not. You see receivers do it all the time. You know, hey, I sh- you, know, you need to back up. Um, you know, you can only have one guy on the line. So, so uh, I mean, for a corner to be offside, he's, he's really just not paying attention. Um, you know, I mean, I, it, it's, uh, yeah, th- those were, those were kind of inexcusable to me. There are plenty of red flags, which I'm sure we'll talk about later this week when we do our Texas Tech preview yeah, on the defensive yeah, side. Yeah, there are. On the offensive side, Manny Wilkins got the start. He was the only one to throw a pass, although Brady White did get in in mop-up time to, you know, have the best handoff I've ever seen. One snap, <laughs> one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. His, his rate of success so far is really good. But let's talk a little bit about Manny. He went 20 of 27 for 180, threw a pick. This, the numbers would look a little better if the Nikhil Harry touchdown was a pass and not <laughs> a, a run. pass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, 
The numbers look solid. Um, uh, you know, to me, this is one of those games, kind of both ways. That if you if you you know if you went to sleep when the game started, and you got up the next morning and you looked at the stats, you'd probably say, "Boy, they must have played pretty well." Um, but if you watched it slash listened to it, you didn't quite get that same feel. And I and I think that's you know that's certainly the case with his game. He wasn't bad by any means, but uh, you know, still a lot of questions on how he's going to perform going forward with better competition on the passing numbers sort of eerily similar to me to a taylor kelly performance in feel in that i didn't feel like he had a very good game throwing the ball and then i looked and he's you know 20 of 27 right right yeah you're right i mean uh, but the difference is taylor kelly found the end zone and manny struggled passing wise to find the end zone now he was also our leading rusher 14 carries 89 yards and a touchdown yeah. And when you and I were watching the game, I, we were texting each other, and one of my thoughts was the offensive line looks terrible, and maybe <laughs> and maybe that's why Manny won the job because uh, uh, he's more yeah. mobile and able no, to I escape. I was going to say that. I mean, I, I, I thought about that after we talked, you know, and, and, and yesterday that I think you might have hit the nail on the head of why that was a, a decision, you know, maybe not the only factor, but certainly a big factor is, is his ability to run and, and you know, take some pressure off um, that line, which is probably going to be a question at least deep into the season. I mean, you hope it settles in and, uh, you know, maybe with maybe with a change here or there or whatever. Uh, but right now it's a weak spot. And so having a, a quarterback who can, you know, get out and make some plays when things break down, it's kind of a necessity. It's definitely concerning the amount of pressure that NAU could get when you think about the teams that are on our schedule moving forward. The Pac-12 yeah. is not light on pass rushers. No, no, agreed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, the overall picture of this game, I'd say, is is like it usually is when you open with an NAU or UC Davis or a Sacramento State, and it's it's kind of you know you have to you have to take everything with a grain of salt, and you have to think that everything's going to get tougher. And, and so there's, there's, yeah, there's red flags. I mean, you know, it's good to get a win um, because, you know, you look around the country, there's a, there's a number of Power 5 teams that didn't beat their FCS or smaller conference opponents this week. So we, we got a win. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, the offensive line is definitely just one of several that, that make you uh, pause looking forward. One of those Washington State losing to Eastern yeah. Washington was uh, – what preempted me getting to watch the kickoff of the ASU yeah. game. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there was there was several. I mean, what, Washington State, Iowa State, uh, Virginia. Um, I think there was a, a couple. I know, you know, Northwestern lost to Western Michigan, not a, not an FCS team, but a, a MAC South, team. South Alabama. Uh, South Alabama beat Miss State. Yeah, I mean, uh, Arkansas only beat Louisiana Tech by one point. Uh, Tennessee had to go to overtime to beat App State. So, I mean, there, there were a lot of major conference teams that either lost or struggled more than we did. Um, so, you know, you, you, you console yourself with that, but there's still uh, a lot of things that, that worry you and, and certainly looking ahead, you know, just, just briefly looking ahead to Texas Tech, then, you know, personnel deficiencies on defense are really going to be exposed because they spread you out. You got to play a lot of DBs and our, you know, our depth at defensive back is mostly guys who, you know, are, are positional converts um, that, uh, you know, in the last year we're playing running back or wide receiver or whatever. So, so it's going to be concerning. Uh, we're going to, we're going to put those guys to the test. 
Yeah, there's a lot of young guys out there. The uh, the NAU receiving core had 200-yard receivers. They threw for over 360 yards. It, yeah. really, it really makes you concerned when you face a team who's designed to spread you out and aerate it, and they have right. 80 scholarships instead of 60. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, I watched a little of, of Texas Tech against Stephen F. Austin, and admittedly not a not a strong opponent, uh, but – the, you know what they do they just they just cause chaos with their pace and and they spread you out four or five wide almost every snap and so you you know as much as our front seven is probably the strength of our defense I don't know if we can have a front seven out there you're gonna have to have five or six or seven DBs pretty much all the time and that's not our strength right now probably yeah. won't be all year I mean in this game we we saw Robbie Robinson the true freshman corner got some play you know, you've got a bunch of JUCO players. It's going to be yeah. pieced together. Yeah. And, and Christian Sam, I would be shocked to find out that he's playing. That's a guy right. who is a pretty solid coverage linebacker. Right, right. You know. And, it, you know, uh, Graham was, was certainly not um, set on FISO coming back. And so then you're, you know, from your three linebackers that you started out, oh, these are your three best. And then you might be down to one. Um, so yeah, it, there's, there's definitely a uh, reason for concern and, you know, um, for entertainment purposes only, as they say, Texas tech being a five and a half point underdog seems like the steal of the year. Yeah. That I, I was surprised when I saw it. That's why I sent it to you. It did not make I sense. I can't believe it. I, I really cannot. I, I feel like it should be flipped if not, maybe more. Um, you know, I, I think Texas tech just not getting a lot of, of a claim, I guess yet, but I think they will. As you know, I'm I'm high on them, and I didn't see anything in their first game to, to talk me out of that. Um, uh, you know, they they got a they got defensive holes like they always do, but that's my concern is is our offense good enough to consistently take advantage of that? Because it, it wasn't this past week. You can't wait three quarters to click the offense on this week, or you'll be down 35 points. Yeah. Just going back to the offense, Nikhil Harry in total with five touches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Pretty exciting yeah. debut for the true freshman. Looked very good, yeah, yeah. The, um, it, the, was, it was interesting to me how, how light the receiver core was. I mean, uh, you know, from all the depth, we thought maybe six or seven guys would, would, would you know, factor. I think only two or three caught passes, Cam yeah. Smith and, and White and Harry. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that'll change going forward. You know, I think you only had – four or five guys catch passes total yeah um, you had white who was by far the primary target yeah, nine catches nine for 95 catches. yards yeah. harry was second on the team in receptions with four cam smith great to see him back out there three yeah. catches and yeah. then the running backs i mean cody cole yeah. had one target you know right. for everything you heard this offseason about cody cole's <laughs> yeah. ready to make a leap uh, it certainly didn't happen in that game now it's <laughs> early yet i mean you know we didn't we didn't see much of Jalen harvey he didn't catch the ball um, you know, things can change. I mean, you know, uh, you, you, you progress as the season goes along and, you know, for every team, pretty much what you look like in week one is, is often not what you look like in even week five or six, but it was, it was surprising to me because I really thought this was going to be a receiver core that maybe at, you know, seven, eight, nine guys, when you added in tight ends and backs catching passes and that didn't happen in game one, at least on the last phase, special teams, I thought the long snapping was solid, considering we're still without Ferboni. Yeah, I mean, you didn't notice it, and and that's the the, the messed up punt. Um, 
I don't believe was that was their fault. Yeah, I mean, it it looked like an issue on the punt, and the you know I saw Graham confirmed later that Hawk was not uh, that was right. not a designed run, which is good because that would have been a, a terrible place to have a designed <laughs> run call. Um, but I thought Hawk looked good in his two punts. Zane Gonzalez solid on the field goals. Surprising he missed the extra point. But it was. But it was one of those things where I feel like it was a lack of focus given that the route was on and, you know, you just assume Zane will be automatic. Yeah, forward. I mean, he made all three field goals and 53-yarder, so so that was that was good to see. Otherwise, around the uh, NCAA, a lot of interesting, <laughs> interesting games over the weekend. For me, the highlight was Houston beating Oklahoma – and now we get to play the waiting game. Houston has has to win out, but they're going to. Yeah, yeah. Now they they play Louisville at the end of the year, which I didn't realize. Um, a November or Thursday game, I think. And that'll be a that'll be a huge test between here and there. You you have to assume Houston will be favored in every game. Yeah. And and if they win out, you know they're starting. It's just going to be the slow climb up the board. Every time somebody loses, Houston's going to go up. And this weekend, you had plenty of teams losing. LSU gets knocked off at Lambeau. Yeah. Obviously, Houston beat Oklahoma. Notre Dame gets tripped up in overtime in Texas. Which was a, a classic game. I mean, that was that was fun to watch last night. Yeah, really good back and forth. Yeah, I I was surprised. I thought, you know, that Texas was going to – get rolled even though it was at home the fact that they opened up a huge lead and Notre Dame came back I thought was a terrible sign and then when Texas tied the game with or uh, took the lead rather and led for no game time because the extra point gets blocked Notre Dame returns it there's a sideline penalty on Texas even though the Notre Dame man was running down the Notre Dame sidelines yeah So, so Notre Dame gets the ball across the 30 tie game I, I thought it was over. I thought they'd march right down. I kind of did too, and I was I was uh, mystified by the the third down play call with Deshaun Kaiser in. Why run on third and twelve? I felt like you got to give a chance to offense to make that work. Yeah, it felt like the kind of move you make when you're playing for overtime, and that I'm surprised Brian Kelly was doing that. It, it, yeah, with two minutes to go. I mean, it, if there had been thirty seconds, I might have seen that, but I didn't. I didn't get that one. Now, Kaiser did take the lion's share of the snaps. It looks like the two-quarterback system, at least for one night, got put to bed by halftime. And, and I think you'll see it continue to be put to bed. Kaiser's the better player. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Zaire coming back from the injury, but he looked shaky. Zaire came in, was responsible for five touchdowns, and looked every bit uh, of what the hype was calling for. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. It is tough to, to put Zaire on the bench, um, but he just didn't run the offense as smooth. Kaiser's a more natural passer. I just think it's a better fit for them. couple other games of note. Alabama absolutely taking apart USC. It was everything yeah. that everything that I thought could happen happened. That defense didn't allow a thing. The offense looked good. Lane Kiffin was, you know... Every bit is smug on the sidelines, as you'd expect. And then Alabama kicks a little more dirt in USC's face, and it, and it leaks out that they're interviewing Steve Sarkeesian to also come in and help with the offense. I know, I know. That was, uh, you know, an entertaining little subplot going forward, I guess. 
I mean, I, Nick Saban rubbing it in in a way that everyone goes, huh, but no one can say that it's intentional. I love it. No, no, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a thorough beating. I mean, USC is obviously not as good as they were supposed to be, um, and, and both quarterbacks struggled, and so I'm, I'm curious what they'll do. Uh, I think you stick with Brown for now, and you see if anything changes against better opponents or not as good opponents. I'm sorry. I think you have to do that. You know, Darnold came in, which was eerily similar to Osweiler playing against Oregon, mm-hmm. except – Alabama was already rolling by the time he came in. So yeah. what 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 are you trying to accomplish other than okay, this will be the best defense you ever see until you yeah. go pro? <laughs> and I think it might have been as simple as just get him some reps. Um, you know, get it. You know, because he might be the guy at some point. But you know, once it's thirty-eight to three, you might as well get him in there and get him some practice at least. Yeah, the uh, the jump man era at Michigan started off well. Uh, dominant win for them yeah the seeing the basketball logo on the football jerseys <laughs> seeing it on the back of Harbaugh's hat on his sweatshirt very interesting very surreal it's a little different yeah yeah I mean uh, you know but uh they embraced it Jordan was there on the sideline and you know it gets them some buzz and not that they need it with Harbaugh already getting a buzz but um you know people are talking about Michigan which it's been a few years since they've had good reason to do that now before we go i want to let you have the floor to tell me how much you love jacob eason oh he was just outstanding and and i I think there's a lot of competition with georgia fans for how much they love jacob eason i mean that was i texted you during that game i was at a party (laughs) and i was half watching it and when eason came in i texted you and said well, that guy looks like a college quarterback. He is. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He, for what we talked about last week with Ryan Kelly, and do you look the part coming into college? That guy really looks the part. I, I mean, he's six five, big. Like he, he looks like he's twenty five already. I mean, straight out of central casting. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. And and he's, uh, you know, he's popular. Boy, the, the fans love him, and the, they got electric when he came in. That game was exciting. I don't think North Carolina's season is over by any means, but that's a tough loss to take. No, I mean, I agree. Nobody's season's over. You know, I mean, we've seen it in recent years. The, the last couple of years, teams, the teams have won the national championship, have lost in September. So, uh, you know, there's, there's time for Oklahoma, for LSU, for Notre Dame, for all these teams, but, but definitely concerns for all of them too. Well, that'll do it for our early recap of the week one action. Matt and I will be back later this week to preview the Texas Tech game and talk about the other big college football game on tap. Until then, keep listening. Thanks.